0: Welcome to the Decisions That Matter podcast, where we meet with leaders from across the procurement community to discuss innovative and strategic ideas, because when it comes to procurement, every decision matters. I'm excited to share the second of three recordings from an interview with Procurated CEO and founder, David Yarkin, and the Pennsylvania Secretary of General Services, Kurt Topper. On the previous episode, they covered the state's response to COVID-19. And on this episode, the duo discusses Pennsylvania's approach to making contracting more diverse and inclusive, an approach that tripled the state's MWBE participation rates among minority and women-owned businesses. Kurt does a wonderful job of articulating the overall vision that has been a driving force since his first conversation with Governor Wolf in 2015 when he took the job. And he is able to translate the vision into multiple tactics that make diversity and inclusion initiatives a reality at DGS. There are some great takeaways in this interview, so I hope you enjoy it and find a few things you can implement yourself.
1: The other sort of big, you know, massive national issue that everyone is talking about and should be talking about involves um, racial justice, however you define it. And obviously there's a lot happening in rethinking law enforcement, but I also think that a, a big part of uh, what's happening is going to come back to economic justice and economic equality. And just as you said, you know, procurement's been right in the middle of unemployment, getting back up and running, and and, and PPE, finding PPE. Um, I, I know in a lot of places, procurement is smack dab in the middle of, of this one. So love to hear your thoughts on what DGS is doing around um, expanding opportunities for historically underutilized businesses and sort of maybe... If you Think that this this big important event is having an impact,
2: you know, in Pennsylvania and beyond on this conversation. Yeah. Well, thanks for the question. I th- this is actually something I'm really passionate about, and uh, and it's it's, you know, I think I've shared with you before, David. This was this was the first thing that Governor Wolf asked me about when I took the job. Right. Is uh, what what could we do uh, to to make sure that Pennsylvania does a better job with respect to diversity and inclusion uh in state contracts and uh so that's been our primary focus as an agency as a procurement agency naturally that's where we've been been focused and i think we've been focused on it you know really from day one so long before george floyd and you know the the approach has been really to try to get our arms around the facts and to let uh and, and to let the the what's happening empirically on the ground drive our policy and our decision making, and that really led us to um, uh, to to do you know a couple of years ago now we did the state's first ever comprehensive disparity study in Pennsylvania, and many other states have done disparity studies uh, but for Pennsylvania, you know the, this approach has has maybe over time been a little uh, overly politicized one of the advantages of having a disparity study done is that we can, uh, we can at least make the case for pulling some of the politics out and focusing on, on what's really empirically happening. And uh, you know, the disparity study uh, helped us understand that, that our systems ought to have been delivering, You know, all things being equal, our systems would have delivered roughly 24% participation by small and diverse businesses in Pennsylvania's contracts. It was delivering four percent, so it was a big gap, and uh, the disparity study helped us really understand that, and also created for us, uh, you know, a, a, a legal framework and a premise uh, to get more aggressive in terms of formulating solutions that would help us get from four percent closer to twenty-four percent, and uh, you know that means primarily moving to a system of, of goal setting within our procurement. And uh, setting, rather than setting goals, uh, or rather than leaving the amount of participation up to a matter of competition and scoring, and rather than setting a goal that is uniform across all procurements, uh, we now have a system where we can go, where with each significant procurement, we evaluate the market, we evaluate the opportunity for small, diverse businesses, and we set reasonable goals based on the availability of firms who can do the work. And uh, the net of it has been positive. Just prior to COVID, the data suggested that we were we had very nearly tripled the amount of participation in state contracts by small and diverse businesses. We had we were approaching twelve percent. I'm terribly worried about what COVID has done, and I think we've got our work set out for us. Uh, but the the approach has really worked. It's been a it's been an empirical approach. I think the
1: concern, Kurt, that um, that the Sort of smaller businesses are may not may not be here in the long run or in the short in the short run to, to contract with. Is that the concern?
2: Yeah. Well, well, I think you know we we uh, as part of our response to the to the looming fiscal crisis, you know, some time ago we implemented a hiring freeze and we implemented a spending freeze for non-essential, non-COVID-related, you know, expenditures. Yeah. And so that means that the, you know, the money that the revenue that many of our, our small diverse business partners rely on from the Commonwealth uh, is likely dried up. And so th- that's the concern. And you know, these are not businesses that 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 uh typically have a lot of resources to fall back on yeah. when 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 revenue falls. So um I think we'll have to see. We're engaged with them every day and we're trying to get our arms around what it looks like. We're also we've also been very aggressive about trying to promote opportunities within the COVID-19 response mm-hmm. for small diverse businesses in Pennsylvania. So, uh, for example, we're we're looking into a, a, a facilities sterilization effort to provide a higher level of of confidence for tenants and people who come and go within our facilities that that uh, that the surfaces they touch are, you know, will have been recently sterilized. Right. So. And uh, you know, and we've been working very hard to engage the population of small diverse businesses in that ef- in, in that effort, among other things yeah you know I think so you know those are the things we were doing before, George floyd, i think since since that tragedy and and as this sort of whole national moment of reckoning is sort of evolving, um, you know I think we are all. You know I think it's safe to say that 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 all the agencies within the Commonwealth and certainly the governor and the governor's office are 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 focused on how you know how do we respond uh, positively proactively to this moment right and I think that you know for me right that it it was the experience with the disparity study that really really affected my thinking here on what we do and and what I mean by that is that you know we have um we have forever relied on systems and built systems uh, that we have presumed to be fair. Um, and as it turns out, those systems don't deliver equitable outcomes, hmm. right? Whether it's, uh, you know, we presume them to be fair, we've, we've defended them as fair, very successfully defended them as fair over, over, you know, over time. But as it turns out when you look at when you look at it empirically and statistically the the systems that we're relying on uh, have not historically delivered equitable outcomes and so I think that this whole conversation is forcing us to really sort of rethink the set of assumptions that we bring to our bureaucratic assist systems and may cause us to rethink how quick we are to defend them hmm. and so we've been trying to I've been trying to incorporate that into into our thinking as an agency as we go forward. Systems don't have to be populated by folks who are intentionally bad actors in order for the system to deliver bad outcomes. yeah so where we're really trying to focus now is on what do our outcomes look like so you know within d g s what that has meant is uh, a real push towards evolving to a better culture to make the place a better place to work, and that means ensuring that people feel safe, ensuring that people don't you know, feel, uh, ensuring that people you know, are able to come to work and bring their whole, their whole selves to work, right? And, uh, and having, uh, having a management culture that, that encourages a dialogue about differences in how people perceive themselves being treated. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to evolve to a place where folks are, where we have a culture where people feel safe. Um, so we've been very focused on that and then also focused just statistically, right? Like most agencies, you know, our, our, our business is primarily in central Pennsylvania and African-Americans represent about 12% of the population in the state. But it's very clear that, uh, you know, when we look at the ranks, particularly as I move up in management uh, in the agency, um, uh, you know, we get, we get whiter and more male. And so,
1: something there's, re- like there's a there's a there's a um, there's a there's a corresponding relationship. It sounds like you're saying between having an inclusive team and an inclusive culture
2: at DGS and inclusive outcomes. Yeah, I think we have to look at both. You know, we did a uh, we did a survey of of all of our employees about a year ago, nine months ago. And one of the key questions we asked of, the, of the, our employees was, do they feel physically and psychologically safe in the workplace? And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the great news, right, was that, uh, I've forgotten the exact number, but something like, uh, something like 86% said, yes, I feel, I feel physically and psychologically safe in my workplace but well, you can guess what the bad news is, right? Right. The, the bad news is that 14% said no.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and 14% is, you know, more than 150 people. So we've really, as a, as a, as an executive team within the agency, even before, uh, before this present moment, we've really been trying to engage, uh, more effectively with, uh, with workplace culture and, and especially trying to, uh, engage with folks who don't feel like they've been treated fairly.
1: It's easy to focus on sort of the external things that a DGS does whether it's real estate or facilities or procurement without recognizing that there's a lot that happens inside uh, inside the building Um, and that that does have an impact on what happens outside the building.
2: Yeah I, I think that's absolutely true. I think you know when you look at teams that make procurement decisions Right, across the enterprise, you know, one of the things we've done is is we've we've created this agency liaison program, uh, where we've gone out and trained individuals in each of our customer agencies around how to be an advocate for small and diverse businesses within agency procurements, and we've really worked hard to get those liaisons, you know, to have a seat at the table when major contracting decisions are made. Yeah, because uh, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I think. You know, if we're not really intentional about it, uh it it's sort of we approach it as an afterthought, right? Or or worse, it becomes the, you know, it, it becomes the reason why our customer agency didn't get the contractor they wanted. They got they got another contractor. And I think what we really have worked hard to do is to is to integrate the SDB effort uh within our larger set of procurement goals and help work towards a world where folks understand that. You know we need a system that delivers equitable results and that that is an outcome that is valuable to us and to them as as our agency customers you know in addition to price and technical and the other thing
0: thanks for listening to decisions that matter this podcast is brought to you by procurated the leading supplier evaluation tool for procurement professionals across the us don't forget to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you prefer to listen. See you again next time.